Okay, good morning, everybody. My name's Dick. I'm part of the leadership team here at Rawns. And uh, I'm going to introduce a very good friend of ours. James, would you like to come and join me? This is Pastor James Cato. And he comes from a wonderful-sounding place. It's called Netete. Well, you don't come from there. That's where your church is. Yes. Is that right? Yes. So he's, he's the pastor of the Jesus Worship Center in Netete in uh, Uganda. And uh, he's, a, he's a gatherer of people. He's a gatherer of pastors. He gets all the... You're still getting the pastors together to... Many times. Many times. And, and he's, a, he's a wonderful man of God. And all the things that we prayed for today, all the things that we talked about, how God's with us in the high times and the low times, we know that James has been through all of those and has come through with... No diminishing of his love for God through all of that. And I want to honour him for that as well. James is going to bring the word of God to us this morning. So I want to pray for James that the Holy Spirit would impart his word to you, that you might impart it to us. But more than that, I pray that the Holy Spirit would touch our hearts this morning. I pray, Lord, you give us ears to hear what your Spirit says to us this morning. Because you want to speak to each and every one of us here. Bless your servant, James, and bless us as we hear his word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you very much. I want to bring love and greetings from Uganda. Natete, Kampala, uh, from Juliet, my wife, and Harmony and Pearl, my daughters. All of them are doing very, very well. Uh, I shared with you early in the year when I visited that we had a challenge with our little one, five years old. She had two surgeries in one week in the month of February because of issues with her intestine. She's so alive that she's climbing trees, so assaulting and diving at the same time. So we thank God for that grace of healing and the many things that the Lord is doing around that area. Uh, the Lord is building his church in Uganda. It's a beautiful thing to see pastors working together, praying together, fellowshipping together, laughing together, crying together. We've been involved with the pastors for the last 13 years. Every week we meet at church, Jesus Worship Center. We have a prayer breakfast. And we just share the word and share different stories. And uh, on a weekly basis, we have 30 to 60 senior leaders gather. And it's a beautiful thing that God is doing. Out of that has come major breakthroughs for different churches, for different families. And uh, God has equipped us and taken us, uh, caused us to progress in the things of God like, like it wasn't before. We thank God for that. As a church, we have three big conferences for pastors and leaders every year. One in January, the second one in May, and the last one in, 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 in August. And the numbers are anywhere between 300 and 500. And God has been blessing that for the last 17, 18 years. It has been growing. It didn't start like that. So we thank God for what God has done. The Lord has opened for me several doors in Africa to minister and to point to the lives of pastors. And uh, over the years, I think the last nine years, we've been training pastors in Rwanda, 
training pastors in Burundi. And this year, we started another training for pastors in Kenya, the nation of Kenya. There were about 35 of them, but so hungry for the word of God. There is a pastor in the UK. His name is uh, <coughs> Colin Dye. And uh, he did some books, some wonderful books called The Sword of the Spirit. They tackle different chapters. And so it's good theology. So we're going to these different settings, read through the book, teach out of that, apply it in our context. And uh, pastors have been encouraged even through that work. The other thing that happened about six weeks ago, I was privileged to travel to the nation of South Africa. And what I went to do there was to be part of an international conference. I was speaking, but also to do gospel crusades. In this one church in KwaZulu-Natal province, a place called Kokstad, I was preaching in a youth meeting of about 90 young people. And I just preached on the cross of Jesus Christ. And uh, 70 of them gave their life to Jesus. They came forward. Everybody couldn't believe it. They came forward crying, weeping, broken, and they just received Jesus in such a marvelous way. So that happened Friday night. Saturday, we had a meeting that had about seven churches together from the town of Coxstad. And uh, I was talking about revival breaking in hard places. I was teaching out of Isaiah 35. And uh, the glory of God came. The spirit of God was poured down. A lady was testifying that for the first time in her life, she had gold dust all over her body. And then she also had anointing oil come out of her palms. I'd never seen anything like that <laughs> over the years. So it was glorious. And then Sunday, we did a healing service. Now, this one was crazy because the, the Lord held us in this healing cloud for about two and a half hours. Miracle after miracle. One of the dear ladies that was here was about 92 years old. And uh, 30 years ago, she had an operation in her ear and she lost her nerves. They, they were destroyed. And so she had a bad ear through using hearing aids. And then this one was totally gone because the nerves were destroyed. And the Lord opened up both ears. And uh, she began to run around, 92 years old. She ran around the church, say, I can't hear. It's impossible. I can't hear. <laughs> and so we had some really amazing miracles. The story is, I put, when I was doing a mission in South Africa, I put it live on Facebook. So I guess you can retrieve it somehow. So all those miracle services are there on Facebook. But the Lord moved in such a tremendous way. We saw deliverance. People being delivered from demonic spirits. Demons crying out loudly and people being set free. We saw salvations. We saw the Lord touch people in a profound way. Four years ago, I was doing a, a crusade in South Africa and uh, people came every night and the Lord was opening deaf ears, opening blind eyes. But this one night was Thursday night and uh, when I entered the, the church, the Lord told me, let everybody pray and cry out to me. So people began to pray, lifting up their hands. They were praying the African way. You know, <laughs> the African way is loud and a little bit disorganized. And so they were praying the African way. We prayed for about five minutes. 
And at the end of the five minutes, I said, Amen. Before the meeting began, a pregnant woman went to the hospital to give birth to her baby. She went with her mother. Now, on reaching the hospital, she was given the bad news that the baby on the inside of her womb had died a month ago. And so the hospital advised her not to go back home, but to check in into the theater so that she gets operated upon. But the mother said, no, God is a miracle worker. Let's go to that meeting where the black, short Ugandan preacher is preaching. So they came. I was oblivious of all this. They came and they found us in that moment when we were praying. And so she says when we shouted amen, the baby on the inside kicked back to life. And the waters broke in the service. <laughs> on the mission field, things are not that, you know, organ tidy. <laughs> so they, they are a poor family. They don't have a car. They have to get somebody to help them to take them to the hospital. So they rush to the hospital. And in the same hospital where the baby had been declared dead, that's where the baby was born. This is four years ago. Now this time around, this place is called Botterville in the Free State in South Africa. So this time around when I was doing a crusade there, this little girl, four years old, was in the service. And I was preaching about the sea of life. And I was preaching about God being a way maker, miracle worker, and promise keeper. And so the pastor went to the back of the congregation and picked up this dear girl. And said, this is the girl we are testifying about. And the place went wild. All of us left that night so encouraged about the goodness of the Lord and the miracles of God. Amen. Amen. Now, I need a lot of help. And Dick, thank you for praying for me <laughs> this afternoon. Because the Lord has given me a word which is so, so strong on my heart. But I need the help of the Holy Spirit to, to, to help me express it. And I trust that each one of us is going to carry away encouragement even out of this word. Before I do, I want to extend my gratitude and thanks to this church for loving me, for believing in me, Pastor Sandra, and this entire house. It has been many, many years. Counting is about not less than 14 years. Walking together, believing in me, trusting in me, supporting in me, sending me help, even back in Africa. And I want to so thank you. I thank this house. Thank you for believing in me and uh, caring about me and loving, him, loving me and appreciating what the Lord has placed on my life. And I believe that whenever I come in this house and I rub shoulders with you, my calling becomes crystallized consolidated within me. I'm so encouraged to keep going whenever I rub shoulders with you. So thank you so, so much. This morning I want to share on receiving needed help from the Holy Spirit. Receiving needed help from the Holy Spirit. And I want to give a background on what I want to share about. And this is that Every one of us is on a journey in life. A journey as we attempt 
to serve the Lord. Now, where we serve the Lord varies. Some of us are serving the Lord in the context of church. Some of us are serving the Lord in the context of community. Some of us are serving the Lord in the context of our family, the nucleus family, but also the wider family. Some of us are serving the Lord on the mission field. But on the journey, as we serve the Lord, there comes a time when you experience as if you are out of your depth. Whatever you have is not working anymore. As if you are encountering a wall. And the result of that is that many a times some of us get discouraged. And others of us throw in the towel. But I want to show you out of scripture. That for every stage of our journey. There is help from God that is available. And I'm trusting that by the end of my talk you'll be able to easily access the needed help at any stage of your journey and keep on going for God. For starters, let us begin at the note of saying that the Lord knows our path. I got saved in 1982. I've been working with the Lord for 37 years. I've gotten involved in ministry in different areas. I've sung in the choir. I've led services I've ministered in the Anglican church. I've ministered to many Pentecostal churches. I've ministered in the circle of uh, pastors and different scenarios all, all across the globe. And God knew all that about me when he called me. So I'm saying the Lord knows our paths according to Psalm 139. And then when God calls us to serve him, he desires that his purpose is fulfilled in our generation. Whatever we do in the kingdom of God is not about our ambitions. It's about the purpose of God, the sovereign purpose of God. We are doing different things at different times because we are different individuals in different communities, but we are all serving one big purpose, the purpose of God. That's what the Bible declares in Isaiah 46, that God declares the end from the beginning, from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying my counsel will stand and I will do my purposes. The third thing I want us to understand is that he never calls us to work by ourselves. Whenever God calls you to get involved in his purposes, he calls you so that you may collaborate with him. Let us never forget that we are not working alone. We are working with God. Everywhere I get involved in pastoral work, in preaching, in evangelism, I never go on the field alone. I go there with God. Now, to this morning, we need to understand that for whatever the Lord assigns us, the Lord will equip us for the same job. And by the way, don't worry about the pace at which I'm sharing because everything I'm preaching out of, I'm going to send it to Pastor Sandra on WhatsApp. And whoever is on WhatsApp is going to get the same notes. Before the end of this day. Is that a good deal? And it's recorded. So you can get, go on the site and get it. So we are saying that God equips you for whatever he assigns you. You may not realize that the help is there then. But the Lord provided all the help you need. At times even before he called you. Or on the onset of your calling. Remember that picture when... When David was about to die and he had stored up all the resources 
that Solomon needed to construct the temple. You remember? Those of you who read the story, that's how, what God does. So when he calls me into ministry, when he calls me into pastoral work, all the help I will ever need is already stored up. It's only accessible when the need arises. So we are saying provision is made, but it will be accessed in due course. Provision for your journey has been made, but it's going to be accessed in due course. And we are saying this morning that we need to access the help that God has provided at the different stages of our ministry journey. Why? Because in ministry, it's possible to start off in high spirits because the energies are high. But then it's possible to lose steam on the way. Not only because the energies are low, but because the needs have changed. On this journey, as we say yes to the Lord, the needs in our lives and also in the line of our assignment keep on changing. Most so like two lovers that are relating their relationship, the needs are different because they see each other once in a week. Now, when they get married, the needs change. They need to find a house. They need to find a bed. They need to find a kitchen. Now, when they conceive, the needs change. When they have a child, the needs change. When the children begin to go to school, the needs change. So the journey that we are involved in in serving God is like that. What I needed 18 years ago when I planted Jesus Worship Center has since changed. So that means I need more resource for where I am today. Because new needs have arisen. Make sense? So in our journey, it's possible to feel as if you are low on energies. As if you can no longer do it. The truth is you still have the same anointing. You still have the same grace. But the needs have changed. The terrain has changed. And so what, that means you need extra help for what you are being faced with. For you to be able to carry on with the journey. And I'm going to show you, it's going to become more obvious in scripture. And I want to be talking about Moses at some time in this message. But you understand that the anointing he needed to get the children of Israel out of Egypt was not the same anointing required to take them into the land of the promise. It was different. He was still a prophet. He was still anointed for miracles. But it required something more. So on this journey, needs change. And when the needs change, you come under intense pressure. Why? Because you are lacking what is required at that moment. However, God will not leave you alone by yourself. That's when you are called upon to access the available help. So that you may be able to do what God called you so we are going to look at several stories in scripture. I'm going to begin with Solomon. First Kings chapter 3 and verses number 5 to 13. First Kings chapter 3 verses number 5 to 13. At Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night and God said, ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, in uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept for him great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. 
And now, oh my Lord, you have made your servant king in the place of David, my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant therefore an understanding mind to govern your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said unto him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. Behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been before you, and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. What are we talking about? In this scripture, we realize that the help was available when Solomon needed it. Because God said, ask what I will give you. In this scripture, we realize that Solomon asked for what he required for the job. He never asked for riches. He never asked for new shoes or a new car. He asked for wisdom, understanding, to do what? To govern God's people. Whatever help we need for the work God has called us to do is available. And that's what we ask for. In this scripture, we also discover that what God released upon Moses, uh, beg your pardon, what God released upon Solomon is not what he was born with. So when we talk about the wisdom of Solomon, we are not talking about talent. We are talking about a help that came from above on that day, in that dream. We are not talking about talent. To this day, he's about, Bible scholars say he was about 20 years old. To this day, he didn't have this kind of wisdom. He did not have administrative capacities. But it was released upon them from heaven because they required it at that stage of his life and his mission. Solomon, like you and me, would have attempted to maneuver his way to fulfill his calling with whatever he had. Because many a times we don't look to God, we look to ourselves, we dig into our capabilities to try to do what is required to be done. But listen to me, our powers, our strength, our talents will fail us time and again because the needs have changed. The terrain has switched. We need to learn from Solomon that there comes a stage in our lives when you need to look up to God for more help that is required for you to continue with the journey that God has you on. And we learn from this story, even from Solomon, that when you, you can access the help by asking the Father, Father, this is what I need. Please release it upon me. And there and then, heaven will begin to work on your prayers. Second example is that of Moses. Numbers 11 and verses number 10 to 17. Moses had the people weeping throughout their clans, everyone at the door of his tent. And the anger of the Lord blazed hotly. And Moses was displeased. Was displeased. Moses said unto the Lord, why have you dealt ill with your servant? And why, why have I not found favor in your sight? That you lay the burden of all these people on me. Did I conceive all these people? Did I give birth to them? 
that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a nursing child to the land that you swore to give their fathers. Where, where, where am I to get the meat to give to all these people? For they weep before me and they say, give us meat that you may eat. I'm not able to carry all these people alone. The burden is too heavy for me. If you will treat me like this, kill me at once. If I find favor in your sight, that I may not see my wretchedness. Listen to this. Then the Lord said unto Moses, gather for me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you, have, you, whom you have to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tent of meeting, and let them take their stand there with me. And I will come down and talk with you there. And I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you may not bear it yourself alone. What is happening here? There is a need. The need has arisen. And the need is that people are complaining. They want to be taken to the land of the promise. Actually, there are two needs in this story. One is the need of meat. They complain and God gives them meat. But the second need is what I want you to look at. This need is identified in verses number 12. Moses says, did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a nursing child to the land that you saw to give their fathers. So the need is at this stage of the journey, they are must be an anointing. Listen to my words. There must be an anointing of a nursing mother that carries two million people. One nursing mother that carries two million people in their bosom until they reach the land of the promise. Did you catch that? An anointing is required. To this date, Moses doesn't have that anointing. Moses is a prophet. Moses is a miracle worker. Moses is a deliverer. He doesn't have the nursing mother's anointing. So where they have come, they don't need the parting of the sea. Where they have come, they don't need the squeezing of the rock to get out water. Where they have come, they have enough manna in the camp, but they need an anointing called the nursing mother's anointing. If it lands in the camp, Everybody will feel mothered. Everybody will feel cared for. Everybody will get the passion and the ability to keep on walking to the promised land. But this anointing is not there in the camp. So the people complain because there is a need. And what is going to meet the need is not there. Moses feels so frustrated because what is required he doesn't have. So he begins to say, Lord, kill me. Because if you if he was frustrated, me and you will come to that place time and again in this journey. You feel frustrated? You feel things are not happening? You are sure God called you? You are sure you have the promises of God on your life? You are sure you are in the center of the will of God? But things are not happening. What is happening? A need has risen. An anointing is required. Help is needed. And you have to know how to access that help. I want to throw in something here that you also need to appreciate in this story. Whatever the people were complaining about concerning Moses, Moses never had it. Neither did the people have it. 
And when God answered this prayer, that anointing never came upon Moses. It came upon the complaining batch. At times, we who are in positions of leadership, we are going to have situations where people complain and grumble and murmur because they think we're not doing things the right way. And the issue is, we don't have what they're asking for. It hasn't been released yet. And even when it's released, it will not come upon us. It will come upon the others. Make sense? So some of the complaining batch are the candidates of the required anointing. Because when the spirit came, it never fell upon Moses. The mothering anointing, the nursing mother's anointing never fell upon Moses. It fell upon the 70 elders. What was required was not a discipleship class here. What was required was not a course in leadership here. What was required was to take the people in the presence of God so that help from above that is required comes on them. When it came upon them, they were able to go into the land of the promise. It's all over scripture, whatever I'm sharing about this morning. We see it with David. David is anointed in his father's house by prophet Samuel. That anointing comes upon him. Why? Because he's starting on a journey of becoming the king of Israel. And the Bible talks about what was encapsulated in that anointing. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, they talk about he was skillful in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, a man of good presence. And at this stage, at the age of 16, he never required each one of these. The only anointing he required of that was being a man of war because he was about to fight Goliath. The rest of the stuff was required for his journey as he becomes a king. We notice in the life of David that not only was he anointed once, he was anointed again when he became king of Judah. He was anointed again when he became king of Israel. Because at every stage of your life, you need help from above. When the needs change in your calling, in your assignment, in your field of ministry, you don't need to exhaust yourself and frustrate yourself with the, the little uh, uh, resources that you have in you. You access help from above, and that help is going to be granted. So, looking at the old, uh, looking at the New Testament, you discover that this is something that Paul knew very well. Paul knew whenever various congregations needed help to be accessed. Because of the needs they had. He knew. And so he came, went visiting them so that he may release whatever they required. Romans chapter 1 and verses number 11 to 12. The ESV says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. I long to see you. I know you are lacking something. It's not that you are doing badly, but there's something you haven't yet received on this, your journey. The current needs you have, the current, uh, the current challenges you have are going to require extra help from above. So I want to come and stand with you and release this help. Listen to what he says, how he puts it in the Passion Version. The Passion Translation, he says, I yearn to come and be face to face with you and get to know you. For I long to impart to you the gift of the Spirit that will empower you to stand strong in your faith. 
He says, now this means that when we come together and are side by side, listen, something wonderful will be released. He says, when I come and I and you stand side by side, Paul says, something wonderful will be released. Paul says, you don't have it yet. But when I come, we need to access it. And it will be released amongst you. And then he said, we shall be able to encourage each other. He recognized the same need in the church in Thessalonica. First Thessalonians chapter 3 and verses 10. He says, as we pray most earnestly night and day, that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. So at this stage, on the journey of the brethren in Thessalonica, they were lacking something in their faith. You can't judge them for failing because whatever is required, they don't have it. An apostle has to visit them so that they access this help. And once this help is released, they're going to be able to go, get along on their journey very well. The Passion Translation says that every night and day we sincerely and fervently pray that we may see you face to face. Listen, and furnish you with whatever may be lacking in your faith. You know what they call furnishing? Putting chairs and tables in a house that is empty. The chairs and the tables are not there. So they furnish the house by bringing something that's not yet there. At times we come to a place when whatever is required is not there. It's not available. It's not there in the ministry. In Jesus' worship center, we have come around this journey many times. There was a day when we had no musicians. There was a day when we, don't, we didn't have the choir, the voices that we required. In the spirit, I sense that we need a voice to change the atmosphere. We need music. We need a particular anointing. There have been times when we are lacking an anointing. At times, all I need is a stronger anointing for miracles and to, uh, and to heal the sick. But it's not there. So what do we do? We pray. We access that help. And we keep on pushing. And then God begins to release the help that we need. There have been many years, for many years we didn't have uh, uh, church workers uh, for, for children's church. We didn't have them. Nobody is available. We want to minister to the children, but we don't know how. So what do we do? We pray, access this help. It comes from the spirit. It's released upon the church. And we are able to journey on in the purposes of God. It's like furnishing the house. Every furniture that's not yet in the house is available. All we need is to access it. And once we access it in the spirit, that furniture that is missing is going to be released. I want to close with one more example in scripture. And that is young Timothy. Timothy received a lot of help on his journey. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verses 6 to 7, Paul says, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. The King James says, a sound mind. We are understanding from this scripture that there was a time when Timothy lacked something. And you're not talking about his talent. His capacity to, to preach or to mentor people. We are talking about something divine that has to be released in his life. And on that day, the scripture has told us that Paul laid hands on him. 
he accessed the help that he needs from heaven. It came upon Timothy. He was able to do his pastoral work in Ephesus. First Timothy chapter 4, beg your pardon. Yes, First Timothy chapter 4 and verses number 14. He says, do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. This is not the same gift. When Paul laid hands on him, it was another gift. When the elders, the presbytery, laid hands on him, it was another gift. Because he had come to a place where the gift he received when Paul laid hands on him was no longer sufficient. So the elders called him, prophesy over him, and lay hands on him, and he received another gift. That's why in my journey, I've not been prophesied to once. People have not laid hands on me once in the different churches, in the different conferences, because at different stages of my life, I need more help. Make sense? So you see it happening in the life of Timothy many, many times. I want to land this plane. And so we need to know where is this help found? James, I'm currently on the journey in my marriage, in my family, with the children's work, in the school where I teach, in this place of computers where I work, but I feel I'm exhausted. I feel I'm frustrated. I, I feel things are not moving. They have moved on before, but th things are not working this day. So where do I find this help that you are talking about? Hebrews chapter 4 and verses number 16. Hebrews chapter 4 and verses number 16. He says, let us then with confidence draw near, where? To the throne of grace. That we may do what? We may receive mercy and find grace to do what? To help in the time of need. Grace to help. Mercy and grace to help in the time of need. In the language of the writer of the Hebrews, the help is called grace and mercy. That's the name given to it. In expression, it looks different for different people. For some people, when it lands on them, it's the anointing. For some people, when it lands on them, it's a revelation. For some people, when it lands on them, it's a, 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 an insight. For some people, when it lands on them, it's a new connection, connecting with another network of churches. But at the throne of God, it is called grace and mercy to help in the time of need. Make sense? But he said, where is it located? At the throne of grace. In the presence of God. Literally, the right of Hebrews is saying, God is gracious enough to help you whenever you need the help. And it's all about grace. Not about your performance. Not about your qualities. Not about the condition of your life. It's all about grace. It's a throne of grace. This is where all the help is located. The contemporary English version puts it in such a fantastic way. He says, so whenever we are in need, we should come bravely before the throne of our merciful God. He says, there we will be treated with undeserved, undeserved kindness and we will find help. 
He says, we will find help. At the throne of God's grace, the merciful God, we will always find help there. No wonder what we saw in Numbers 11 is that God tells Moses, let them come in the tent. Let them come in my presence. Bring 70 elders. Because what you don't have, what they're complaining about, what will carry them from where you are to the land of the... Sorry. I preach and slap papers and I make a point. <laughs> so what, what you don't have is located in my presence. So he brought them to his presence and they received all the help. We are saying this morning that all the help we need is in the presence of God. All the help we need. Abilities we were never born with. Things we feel are required to be done, but we can never do them. That help is in the presence of God. We are saying this morning that it is certain that if we can go where God is, that help will be there. The help I need for my family, the help I need to raise my girls, the help I need to pastor Jesus Worship Center, the help I need to do work with the different pastors I'm involved in, the help I need, the help I need to plant churches in Uganda. Because that's my dream. I want to plant as many churches as I can. That help is in the presence of God. The hope I need to break into new territories and preach the gospel there. That help is in the presence of God. When I get into the presence of God, I'm going to find it there. We are saying this morning that we are certain that once I come at the throne, I'm going to come back with this help. Solomon slept on a lower wisdom level. He woke up on a higher wisdom level. He woke up different. He had acquired something. So when we access the throne of grace, we don't come back empty. We come back with something fresh in our lives. How do we access this help? It has to always begin by rightly assessing the situation. At times, what we think we need is not what we need. Got it, my friend? At times, what we think we need is not what we need. So that means I need to, ask, I need to assess the situation right. You hear the words of Moses. Moses said, I'm not a nursing mother. I can't carry them. He got it right. The moment he discovered what the need is, the next step was to find the right answer. And at times in our different situations, we don't think hard enough. We don't quieten our spirits hard enough to know what is the need. And at times many of us are running after, you know, symptoms, treating symptoms. We have never known what exactly is needed here. So it begins with assessing the situation and knowing the need. Then after you have done that, you come boldly to the throne of grace. Boldness is important because as we are asking for God's help, we needn't be faltering in between different opinions. Maybe it's that, maybe it's that. Maybe God will give it to me. Maybe God will not give it. No, 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 no. Don't swing from one place to another. Don't falter. Be firm. Be bold. 
God is able, God is merciful, and he will grant you the help. No matter how long it takes, don't change the goalposts. Focus on that one thing. Say, Lord, this is what I need. Let it come. And be open. Because some of the help will not land on you. It might land on the people near you. But it will help you in this situation. Some of the help you need will not land on you or the people around you. But God will send you a man or a woman in that setting of your business, in that setting of your ministry, and that person will be a game changer because God has set the help on them. Make sense? So my, my, my message is you be bold and you go after that, asking the, the Father, Lord, release this. And then, uh, and then we also need to be aware that at times this help is carried by a spiritual leader, a man in the stature of Paul. You know, Paul goes to the Romans. He goes to the Thessalonians because of his apostolic anointing. And he releases an impartation. He goes to Timothy. He releases an impartation. The elders come to Timothy. They release an impartation. So at times there are ministry gifts that the Lord will allow you to access. Because you've been praying to him. And as you open up your heart, something is going to be released. And the help you need is going to be given to you. Did all of us understand what I said? Amen? How do we how do we do it? I want us to do it in maybe in the next. Okay, thank you. Oh <laughs> I, I want us to do I want us to do it in the next two, three minutes. But I want us to be intense and deep. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. And I want each one of you to be aware. You are in the presence of your loving father. Yes. You are in the presence of your loving father. He's so close to you. So with the help of the Holy Spirit. As you pray quietly. Either in tongues or calling upon the name of Jesus. Ask him to help you. Show you what is needed. Whatever you are. What is it that I need now? To do my ministry well in my marriage, in my family, in the raising of my children, in church work. What is it that I need? So the spirit of God is doing something marvelous in your heart right now. He's showing you what the need is. It may not be always what you have always thought. It could be different. But I trust that the Holy Spirit is opening your mind and your heart to show you what the need is. And so my friend, with your hands lifted up to God, where you are seated, ask for help. Ask him to help you. Ask him to give you the needed help. Call it by name if you have placed a finger on it. If you know that what kind of anointing you need, what kind of grace you need? What kind of ability you need? What is required in your context? Ask him. Please, Lord. Please, Father. 
do it for your glory. Heavenly Father, I come this morning to you and I want to thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you because you've called them. You've called them not to walk the journey by themselves, like I told this morning. But you have called each one of them to collaborate with you. So Father, wherever we have come and we find that we are out of our depth and we have been frustrated, we've been stressed out, we come to a place where we are asking for help. Lord, I pray, like I taught your word, it's your word that I've been teaching. I pray that help be released this morning in this service upon sons and daughters, upon men and women, upon boys and girls, upon mothers and fathers, upon grandparents. Let help be released this morning. Those who need more wisdom, let it be granted. Those who need fresh revelation, let it be granted. Those who need the anointing of the Holy Spirit, burden lifting, yoke destroying anointing, let it be released this morning. Those who need to come into a connection that will make things happen, let it be released this morning. Father, we have spoken about helpers, destiny helpers, people that are going to come around us and support what you have called us to do. Let them be released this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray for the end of this year, November, December. Lord, I pray that before the end of March 2020, let every field of ministry look different because the help has come. So, Father, by faith, we thank you for the help. By faith, we thank you for the help. By faith, we thank you for the help. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Oh, come on, clap your hands, everybody.